emotions are like waves and you just have to let them hit and go through them. I think that that is to one spectrum a good thing and to another spectrum could be a more abrasive way, especially depending on the type of emotion. It's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So this officially airs the day after Christmas. So I am just hoping that if you're listening to this, you taking some time off, taking some time to recharge and get ready before the year starts and gets crazy all over again. I wanted today to be more entertaining than it was perhaps something that you could take strategy away from. And I specifically wanted to have this discussion because inevitably you're going to encounter people that do not think the same way you do. And it took me a really long time to even understand that this was a possibility. I just always assumed that people problem solved the same way, thought the same way, and had the same thought progression. Not that our thoughts were identical, but the process in which you think was similar. And I didn't even know this was a thing until an article specifically went viral back in, I'm unsure if it was 2019 or 2020. But when I first read this article, I was so shocked by the news that I didn't even understand that this could be possible. And then when I realized that my spouse was one of these people, I was baffled. So before we dig into it, I want to welcome Jared back to the show. Thanks for being here today. Yeah, you put it on my calendar, so I'm here. <laughs> well, I'm excited to chat, mostly because I have a thousand and one questions, and I know other people are going to as well, but I didn't know this was the thing. It's estimated, and I don't think there's a really, honestly, a way to even actually know this statistically 
in reality, unless we were to do a much, much bigger poll. But it is estimated that 30 to 50% of people do not have internal monologues. And as someone who has a very strong internal monologue, I didn't understand the first time I heard this information. And when I asked my spouse about it, he seemed confused why I was confused. So talk to me. Do you even remember the day that that happened? I mean, this was years ago, obviously. Not really. No? No. I mean, we've had multiple conversations and questions about why I, like what it's like to not have an internal monologue. Well, yeah, because I wanted to understand because I just don't, I just couldn't comprehend. Now, I don't know how you think, as in you, the listener, but for me, when I'm thinking about any given scenario, I have not one, but multiple voices inside my head. And just to be clear, it's not like a multi-personality thing. Like it's literally all me, but I can have multiple dialogues about different subjects happening simultaneously to the point that sometimes it gets really noisy up in there and people are talking over each other, but all the people are also me, which to someone who doesn't have an internal dialogue, I know that that could be really confusing, but I want to start by asking you a question about media because more often than not, when you see someone being portrayed as quote unquote thinking in like a movie or TV show, you hear their thoughts. Like there's literally someone dialoguing their thoughts. So like in the movie, for instance, what women want, Mel Gibson's character can read the minds of his female coworkers, but you're hearing what they're saying in their own head. Like when you saw that for the first time, what did you even think was happening? I just thought it was canny narrating. Like Canny narrating? Like the point was, is you were supposed to know what they were thinking. And so like, that's how you would show that in film. I think if I was one of the women and Mel Gibson was having to hear my thoughts, (laughs) Mel Gibson wouldn't hear my thoughts. Instead, he would have to see my thoughts. But so do you just think when it's portrayed in movies that it's just easier to portray it in words? Oh, 100%. And you said 30 to 50%, you know, so there's another 50 to 70% of people that do hear their thoughts. I could hear him say a million times over that he doesn't hear them. And I still have so much disbelief around it. But I know people have a million questions. And so I'm going to ask you a handful of questions. But before we go today, I definitely want to dig into what it's like to consistently learn about someone's communication style and how you can utilize that as a way to grow your relationship and have it be a really positive thing. Because I used to think thinking in a different way would cause conflict, but I think it has a really big opportunity for creativity. So anyway, all that to say, I know people want to know, how do you describe your thought process without an internal monologue? It's not verbal. Internally, it is not verbal. When I am actively awake or working or thinking or problem solving, like I see it. What do you see? Okay, so like, let's talk about doing a home renovation project. Okay, sure. Let's do it. 
okay, if I say I need a screw, I have to actually say like, I need a screw. Like it has to say it out loud. Yeah. Or like under my breath, like, oh, I need a screw. Oh, I need a Phillips head screwdriver. I don't think that. But I also like can see that like I have a Phillips head screwdriver in my hand in my brain. I don't say, oh, Jared, in your brain, hand me a Phillips head screwdriver. It's like, no, like I'm doing the action in my brain. Which makes sense. But to me, it sounds like it would just take longer. Oh, I mean, I have to like see it. I know. But like, is it quick? Like, does it go as fast as it would in reality? Or does it happen faster? Like, is it on fast forward? It probably happens like two seconds before I need the thing. But is it in real time? Like, is it at the speed in which you would pick up a screwdriver? Like, hmm, how do I explain this? If you were taking a movie of someone like picking up a screwdriver, is that how slow it is? Just picking it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would say it's a little bit faster than real time. And sometimes a brain skips from the picking it up part and it's just in your hand. Okay. Okay. It skips. Okay. Because to me, my thoughts are about a thousand times faster than I can talk. That's why I can't think in the future. What do you mean? Because I can't see it. You can't see the future? Like, do you think there's people who are intuitive who can see the future but don't have an internal monologue? Or do you think that's fake? No, I mean, I think people can see the future. But like, I can't think it is harder for me to think in the future. Like that is slower. Slower than real time? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Okay. We're getting somewhere. Because the brain has to erase parts. It thinks about a scene and then it has to work backwards from that finished scene to create and like erase and delete little bits. And then I can put a scene together as if it's almost a stop image film. That would drive me absolutely bonkers. Okay, so just to give some clarity here, I think there's probably a spectrum in which people hear an inner dialogue from nothing to they won't shut up and their head is always racing. But the same is true with the visual side. Like some people can't see anything in their brain and other people can see everything in full 3D as if it were realistic in reality right in front of them. If you can't hear, like how visual is your environment? Does it look like it's real or does it look like a flat rendition or an illustration? No, it looks like it's real. Okay. Okay. I would struggle if you were also not seeing it fully. <laughs> not that yeah, there's anything like a, wrong it with like that. It's like a cartoon. Yeah. It's not yeah. a cartoon playing in your head. No. Okay. And it's not sound. I think that's the thing. Like it's not myself saying, you know, hey, Jared or you or I. Like it doesn't use that. Like it's not sound. It's not saying, hey, go pick up a screwdriver. It's just pictures. It's just pictures. But video, but thoughts. And that's in the thinking realm. So talk to me about, and I'm not suggesting that you know exactly how I make decisions, but what from your observations is the most significant differences in how I make decisions versus you make decisions? And how do you make decisions if you can't hear? Not that you can't hear, but you know what I'm saying can't hear in your head well i think there's two things you think through a thousand scenarios 
in your brain and you can think through them rather quickly. I have a hard time making decisions and to think through things. I have to like feel, okay, how would making that decision, especially like big decisions. So like buying a car, for example, oh, I want to buy a car. It has to sit right. Like, is this the time to buy a car? Is this not the time to buy a car? But you don't ask yourself those questions. You just feel, is it the right time? Yeah, I just like feel. And so like, if you asked me that tomorrow, hey, I think we should go buy a car. I'm going to have an instant gut reaction to that. I'm not going to think, oh, is this the right time? Do we finance? Do we do this? Do we do that? I struggle with asking this in the right way. but. Does that mean it's not logic? Like, do you understand what logic is? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, for instance, is it the right time to buy a car? Logically, I would think, do we have the right amount of finances? Is this the right time? Like, does it make sense with taxes? How old is our old car? Yeah, no, and it doesn't skip that. Okay, but if it doesn't skip that, then how do you work through those questions if you can't hear the thought? It's all about feeling. So you feel if we have the right finances or savings? And then I think I feel it. And if it's a go, then I have to like consciously think about those questions. And I have to write them down. You have to write the questions down. Yeah, and I have to get a spreadsheet out. And I have to... You have to prove to your brain that it's... I have to prove to my brain that my feeling is either good or bad. My brain cannot just like rapidly cycle through those questions. What it would see as, okay, so I would feel it, like say it was a go, then I would go and I would see getting the keys and driving home in the car. Okay. I'm not judging you at all, by the way. I'm just like- And I would like see myself in that green Toyota Tacoma. Do you think that's what manifesting is? I mean, it could be manifesting some of that. And then if it doesn't feel quite right, I just don't even start the process of the logic. And I think that that's what drives you crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Is why we could go search the furniture store 12 times, pick some stuff out in our cart, and I can't go past that. I don't. I, it's literally, guys, I don't even know how to explain it. But when he's in it and he's like ready you better go because you don't know how long this feeling's going to last. <laughs> and it's not like taking advantage of the situation. It's literally just like it's an alignment. It's- yeah, it's like my headspace, my guttural reaction is, okay, this is the time. The feeling is right. The moon has aligned. <laughs> the moon has aligned. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the moon, but like, do you literally think the moon has aligned? I don't know. You just feel like that's a way to describe it. It's just a way to describe it. Like the stars are in alignment today. This is good energy that has been put out into the world. You know, I was sharing. So you're hearing this after Christmas about the beginning of the Christmas season, the beginning of the month here. Abby and I hosted a holiday party in our house. This has been a season of grief and change and all the things. And holidays are different. In October, we have this environment And we need to fill it with good energy and we need to fill it with memories and like things that with the people that have really supported us and surrounded us during this time. And from all these groups, from family groups and church groups and 
work and social groups and different generations and age groups of people. And so we invited about, I don't know, 100 people over and 60 or so showed up throughout the night. And we just had a grand time. But I said to Abby, I didn't know what my role was for the night. Meaning all I knew is I would get dressed in a sweater that we had just bought and I would show up and I would have some sangria and smile and hug people. Like that's all that I knew that I would do. But what I could feel was, is I wanted the people that had come into the house to have this sense of joy and this sense of peace and comfort. And I knew that that was achieved when a couple of the guests who have just been through a lot this year, like you saw the smiles on their face and you saw them literally just settling in with this group of people around the dining table and sharing stories and connecting. And that was this feeling. And I don't know how to describe it, probably empathy, peace, calm, something that this space and this party could give to other people. My brain doesn't have a word for that feeling. My brain would not be able to say, Jared, create a sense of peace and calming for people. And this is how you're going to do it. It was just my gut said what my heart was thinking was like what I could feel was this is going to be a feeling of peace and calm. I am envious of that because for me, it was I have 75 things to do and my head is just replaying again and again and again everything I have to do. And you were kind of making fun of me because a couple days in advance of the party, I said I needed to make a list. And it wasn't because I didn't have these things in my head. It was because they were all yelling at each other in my head. And I had a list of things that I didn't want to forget that was in the fridge and like things that I needed to cook and in what order. And like, here's all the things I want to do before people arrive and whatever. It literally ended up being like seven sheets of paper, all with like different things that had to get done. But those were all things that were verbally swirling simultaneously in my brain. And like, if I didn't put them on paper, I wasn't going to be able to do any of them. And I was constantly going to be worrying that I was forgetting something. So I didn't have any opportunity to like imagine guests feeling peace. I was in logistics pretty much up until the end of it. And then afterwards I was able to reflect and be like, Oh, I think people enjoyed themselves. So like, I'm jealous of your experience of being able to just not know what my role is and observe. And like, that just sounds so much more peaceful than my experience. Well, and it's the thought that like, I can't think those emotions. I have to feel those emotions. Well, not only can't you not think them, but I think in a lot of ways, because you can't think them, you're constantly in motion. Like, you don't sit. No, I do not sit. Like, you sitting for more than 20 minutes is a miracle. Like, you watching a whole movie is a shock. Yeah, without walking away or pausing. I'm not sure the last time. I don't know if we've ever done that. Other than at a movie theater. We sort of watched a whole season of First Wives Club. Yeah, but you got up about a thousand times. But it was a good show. So, talk to me about processing emotions because you clearly have more connection to how you're feeling than I do because mine are words which tend to be more anxious and tend to be more worrisome how do you process your feelings and emotions or situations this is a hard question or do you process them at all 
Do you just feel them? Do they just move through it? I think one thing that made sense was a saying that I had that emotions are like waves and you just have to let them hit and kind of like go through them. I think that that is to one spectrum a good thing and to another spectrum could be a more abrasive way, especially depending on like type of emotion because it's reactionary. If you're just like feeling through it, especially when you get the anger or like some of the ones that other people could react to in a way. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. So for me, like emotions, 
yes, they hit like waves in the same way you're describing, but because I can hear my thoughts, I try to micromanage the feeling. So I'm like, oh, I'm sad. I don't want to feel sad. I don't have time to feel sad. And I start talking about how feeling sad would be a really bad time in this moment. And so like, don't go there. Don't do that. Don't let it happen. But you don't. But if no, you just when feel I feel them, sad, I feel sad. There's no stopping it. Yeah. And I think the sad has to coexist with whatever is the thing that I'm doing or the thing that I'm seeing. Like I could be sad and still pick up a screwdriver. Well, and sure. still pick up a screwdriver. <laughs> I don't know why you keep going back to a screwdriver, but okay. Because what you said is a lot of the time I'm in motion. That's true. And I can process the feelings and whatever the gut feeling is or the heart feeling is. What's the difference between a head feeling and a heart feeling? I mean, I think the head feeling, like it has to end up in the head at some time, but because the head is like the logic center, but I think the head is there to like protect you from the heart and the gut feeling. And so. You think your head's more risk averse? Yeah, a hundred percent. But you don't hear it talking. So like, how does it remove risk without a conversation? It'll paint a picture of fire and doom and Armageddon in Jared's world. So you see the worst case scenario played out visually. Oh, yeah. 100%. I'm bankrupt. I'm in a hospital bed, (laughs) hooked up to IVs. Just go to your deepest, darkest fears. And like, that's what I see. I see the scene. It's almost like a little bit of Final Destination in that movie series. But I think the part that I can kind of imagine being able to see versus being able to hear, but I can see and hear. And the part that like blows my mind the most is that you do have a state where you can be in nothingness. And I would ask him, hey, what are you thinking about? Because I could he would just like I'd visually look at him and he would look like he was in another planet. Like, as if he was disassociated. And I'd say, hey, what are you thinking? Or, like, how are you feeling? And he would just look at me like there was emptiness inside. And I was honestly terrified. But what is happening when that's happening? Well, a lot of the time, I think it means... So, like, when you talk about the emptiness, I think that there's two things that it plays. One, it's a protection thing. So, if the emotions are too strong or the scene that i just played out is too catastrophic it's a way that you numb okay so you're still disassociating in the way that someone else might disassociate yeah i mean it's a numbing thing and so like that's one thing like that's the way that it puts the silencers on the feeling but i think a lot of the time it means that i'm in a state that it feels good and there's a peace to it like there's been some resolve to one piece. I mean, here's an example is over the summer, one of the things that really stresses me out is home maintenance and home maintenance that I can't do. I am very handy. I have a ton of tools. I've learned things. I've been told by professional contractors that this is better than like the contract work that they would have seen and done. And I'm like, okay, I took my time. I did it. I experienced it. But This summer, we hit some home maintenance things that I could not do. It was on the highest point of our roof that was 28 feet in the air at the very edge. And 
it's not a skill set that I have. So I had to hire it out and do it. And it was just really stressful from the aspect of, are you going to do the right thing? I don't know how to double check your work, all this stuff. So it became a point of trust. And it was just the act of getting it scheduled and getting them here to do the work. And then once the work was done, my emotional center was like, okay, it's done now. (sighs) You know, like breathe it out. And that vision of the guy falling off the roof and having to call 911. So you're literally playing out the people you hire falling off the roof? Yeah. Yeah. And so then it, it was like the brain then went from like seeing that replayed He falls, he's laying there, call 911, the ambulance comes, does all this stuff to just, okay, that didn't happen. Go to screensaver mode and you're at peace with this now. And screensaver mode is usually just like a galaxy of stars sort of thing. Like He was describing this to me yesterday and I was like, you're literally a Microsoft screensaver. What do you mean? It just like goes dark. Well, it's probably actually is a screensaver from like Windows 95 or 98. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it went dark and then it was just like one dot and then another dot. And it would just like kind of like move towards you. And like you were like gliding through the galaxy, through the stars. And like that is my screensaver when we're in church and it's like, okay, let's go to silent prayer. That is not something that I do well in silent prayer, but like, they're like, okay, just like go to that place in silent prayer. Usually where my brain goes is I close my eyes. It's a dark room. It's a dark place. The pastor might be like talking and kind of guiding, which helps, but my brain immediately goes to that screensaver mode. And it's just this feeling of... Okay, let it all out. And I just see the little galaxy that I'm gliding through to who knows where. Well, so sometimes it's dark, as in like there's no visual. But even if it's dark, there's always a conversation. So like if I'm trying to, in that instance, pray or, you know, have a moment of peace or whatever, I will get off track. I'll be like... Oh, this is happening. Oh, shoot. I still need to order that pickleball bag for mom. And then I'm like trying to like pull myself back to center. And then I'll be like, you know, <laughs> okay, I got this. I can be silent. I can be silent. Oh, shoot. I need milk. I need, I should put that on the list. Like, oh, and then like it always drifts to something I have to do, but I can hear it auditorily. And so it's very distracting, especially if other people are talking. Well, and if that like interjects, you know, what happens is, is I'm going through the galaxy and the thought comes along milk. And I just see like a picture of milk. (laughs) (laughs) Like it just sounds like what's that movie where the answer to the universe is like, 84 27 or whatever and it's the computer like it seriously sounds like that to me i feel like the producers had to have had a similar thought process or the other one the other example that i would say like my brain works you know how on like those hallmark movies or lifetime movies maybe or it's like an alien has been like watching us and they have all the thoughts of the world and it's like they hit a button and 
thousands of like little conversations and moments yeah. of time come up yeah. and yeah. it's just like little like pictures and you see like the girl They're running like with racing the mom through and the, yeah. the new puppy yeah. dog and this and that and it's just like yeah. thousands of little memories in a snapshot yeah. um, vignette played out like that is what my brain feels like a lot of the time okay so it can be multiple storylines at the same time then i mean it can be like here like today like present moment it can be a story that is maybe like played out in a vignette that's like tomorrow, like not very far in the future. And then the vignette could be like a past or like some core memory or something. And usually those past memories are triggered by what is in the present. Like for instance, coming up into Christmas time and having our nephew over and other things. It was like he recently got into our Scrabble set and was digging through all the letters to match the box. And that's pretty cool to see a four and a half year old, almost, I mean, five, just like picking up letters and starting and learning them and everything else. Well, like him playing with that Scrabble game triggered a core memory for me that I saw in this little vignette of my grandma who loves Scrabble and word searches and crossword puzzles. And like you would play that. And so I just thought of like a time that like I saw an image of like us playing Scrabble one time Mm -hmm. as like, well, okay. So if you can't hear your own thoughts, when you're thinking about a memory, can you hear other people's voices? Yeah. And I was just thinking about that today. Can you think you can hear other people's thoughts or other people's voices, like in yeah. a memory form only? In a memory or narrative form. What is narrative form? What do you mean? So like third person. So you can hear me talking to you? What? Wait, what? Yeah. So like if there's a storyline, it's not my voice. Like, So like, for instance, if we were playing Scrabble, we were standing around and grandma said something like, Oh, Jared, that's a great word or this or that. I could hear her say that in your memory, in my memory, but it's not like a strong thing. Like it's a very small, kind of like a faint part of it. And it's like a very small phrase and it has to be very distinct. Like it's not Mm. a full conversation and I don't say anything back. Interesting. I cannot even hear my childhood voice in the memory. I just know I, I can see that I'm like there. And like, I can see the smile on my face and digging through the Scrabble bag or, you know, the boneyard thing. Sure. Well, so, you know, all of this to say, it's been really enlightening to have you describe how these things work. And it's something that we've had to work on for a long time, because I think both of us perceived how we thought the other person operated and it wasn't necessarily healthy for us to assume how the other person was thinking, feeling, processing, moving through something in every area of life, you know, how someone grieves, how someone plans, how someone sets goals, how someone plans for the future. Like these are things we've had to move through a thousand and one times, sometimes dozens of times a day because that is so radically different. But it took us years for us to even realize that this was so different. I mean, we were probably married 
what would you say, seven or eight years before we realized how differently the other person thought? Yeah, I would say five or six. Five or six. And I think that it's also, it's interesting how both of us, especially like the big decisions in our lives when it comes to career changes or, you know, business endeavors or the home that we live in or these big monumental decisions, you've always been the person approaching it like, we'll figure it out. It'll all work out. Like, we'll figure it out. And I'm like the person that like, I don't believe that we'll figure it out unless I feel it. And so I think the way that both of us, we have to work through our own feeling and decision making process in our own way. And then we can, I think, come together and like have a discussion about it. But having a discussion is really powerful because you don't have an inner monologue. You are an auditory processor still. And so you talking out your feelings or your thoughts the subconscious becoming conscious and coming out of your mouth is a really huge part of your processing versus for me, I could make full blown decisions and plans completely in my head. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think I have to, when it comes to the big decisions and the life altering choices that we've made and will continue to make, I've had to seek some outside perspectives on that with a trusted mentor or friend that can just listen to me and what I say. And then what's funny is, is they're like, oh, it seems like you've thought about it a lot. And it's like, no, actually, I talked through it, what I was feeling and talking through it either validated or not the decision I needed to make. Is there a reason you choose to do that with trusted friends or mentors versus a therapist? I mean, I think that I try to pick somebody that has maybe already done it. So like the like renovating a house or like the buying a house or, you know, purchasing X property for X reasons or whatever. It's like, let's talk to the friend, the mentor who's, you know, was in banking his whole life. His dad had multiple rental properties or like, let's have a a deeper conversation with our our mortgage broker about the reality of this and what I'm feeling. And like, what is your take? And seeking professional advice from, I mean, I think a therapist can help a tremendous amount and there's a spot for them, but working through a decision that has financial or taxes or whatever else, like you, you go to the pro that, that has been there and has the experience in that. And that's not to say that making that decision, you might use both parties. You might use both a therapist and like a trusted mentor or expert in the field. Yeah, I think they're there for you in different ways. You know, someone it might be there to help you process facts. But my goal with communicating with a therapist is allowing I need a lot of mirroring because I can get so stuck in my own thought process that I can't necessarily reflect back to myself. And so they're a great opportunity to reflect back versus I think you can hear that when you're talking out loud. And so I can talk out loud and not hear it. I need them to say, I think this is what I'm hearing you say, or this is how I'm hearing you show up or whatever. And having that dialogue back towards me is helpful because otherwise I'm just, it's like, I'm just talking, 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 and it it doesn't do anything. I need, I need the conversation. 
So it doesn't necessarily have to be with a therapist, but it does have to be with a person. But I wouldn't necessarily say I'm always an auditory processor because I can make plenty of decisions without talking all the time. Well, all this to say, this episode's getting rather long at this point, so we'll wrap it up. My goal here is just to provide some insight that not everyone thinks or communicates or processes or manages things the same way. And whether you run across these people in your personal life, in your partnership, or with a spouse or partner, or with family, or loved ones, or friends, or colleagues, or people you manage, or your team, or your clients, inevitably you're going to run across people that don't think in the same way you do. And it has been really critical for my own growth, but also for my willingness to be there for other people to begin to understand what they need in order to make decisions, what they need in order to process, what they need in order to learn, what they need in order to blah, 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 whatever the situation may be. And it's very easy to go to your default form of communication or your default way of teaching or default way of whatever. And the more I've been able to show up in the method that's appropriate for the person that I'm communicating with, the better that information's received. And I think once this is done on a repetitive basis, if this is more of an ongoing relationship, the other person starts to realize that I don't think or process in the same way they do. And I will often get more things accommodated back to me if I provide the accommodations to them. And I know that's definitely been the case with my relationship with Jared. Anything to add before we wrap up? No, I mean, I just think it's the feeling thing is something that hasn't always been there. And it hasn't been until, like, it's been there, but, like, I haven't been able to tap into it vocalize it it and explain it to you no and i think that was part of the conflict is that sometimes you would feel it but you had no way of explaining it because there was no words surrounding it and so you figuring out a way to dialogue out what that is when there is no dialogue has been interesting yeah immensely helpful for both of us oh for sure i hope you enjoyed today's episode and I want you guys to come back soon. And if you have questions about communication styles or how other people think or learn, or you want to dig into a specific topic, feel free to send me a DM over at Boss Project or on my personal Instagram at Abigail Says. I would love to hear your topic ideas. I do take them at high value and very often will prioritize y'all's topic ideas over my own because I really want to ensure that this is a show you want to listen to. So I hope you found today's show interesting. And if there's anything you heard that was really mind-blowing, I would love to hear what clicked for you or what was surprising for you. So feel free to have that conversation back. I want this to be a two-way street, and I appreciate you listening. Have a great rest of your holiday season, and I will see you in the new year. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy-to-customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. 
we make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.